What's up, guys? This is Jeff from CS101. We're starting this off again with the interview, and none other today. We had one of one of the best guests that we've had on this show, and that's the CEO of Combata Americas, Campbell McLaurin. One of the most down to earth guys that we've ever talked to. Super funny. Um, he's as real as it gets, and and it was just an honor and a privilege to be able to actually interview him. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and start off with that interview. Afterwards, we break down the UFC Copenhagen card, Bellator 227, Bellator 228. We discuss the Alex Pereira knockout. We discuss uh, the Sean Porter Errol Spence fight, and we also break down UFC 243. But again, I just want to give a huge shout out to Campbell McLaren. You are n- nothing but awesome today. Um, we really look forward to having you back on the show, and we look forward to actually, you know, being able to just discuss and just, I guess, talk spit with you. So hopefully, you guys enjoy. Hello. Hey, m- yes, sir. Sean, you're one million. Would you bear with me just a second? I'm finishing a message to somebody. I hundred percent. Quiet for just give me thirty seconds. You bet. There we go. Yep. I'm sorry, was that for me, Campbell? Yeah, that was for you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed it. What, say that again for me, sir? Uh, I asked you about a former fighter of mine named Kira Batara. I am not familiar with him. All right. I just wondered how I could be. My folks. You know my combate. Uh, no, the I, I've probably seen three full Combate Americas shows, and then I'm a big I'm a big fan of uh, of uh, Ghost Pepper Gonzalez. So, yeah, he's he done his credit fight with Rafa. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean that was I was I was very impressed with. Him. Yeah. Uh, I look, he's very likable. He's very personable. Uh, easy to promote. Good in both languages. You know, it's got a real star potential. You know, the, the, the question is, at what level can he perform right. in, in terms of world-class level? And he's a very good fighter, exceptional fighter. <laughs> can he perform on that highest level? Because I, I know Rafa can. Yeah. Rafa's, um, you know, it, it, uh, exceptional. The, so that makes us all root for uh, Eric because yeah. we want him to be there. And the organization knows I could do a lot with him. Um, and I think that first round of the Rafa fight, 
was fantastic. Uh, but then I think uh, Rafa Pound was there, and, you know. And, and I honestly, I think uh, I think a rematch goes the same way. I think we've got to find um, ways to position Eric so he can uh, grow in the skill. He needs some defensive skills to hold off the onslaught. Better. Right. Um, by the third round, Rafa was mauling him. Um, you know, and, and they were tired, and it was a tough fight. Uh, I'm just talking about what uh, Eric needs to do to potentially beat Rafa or someone like Rafa. Yeah, maybe uh, it may be a case of some more training, and then down the road, maybe they can meet again if he's able to, you know, rattle off some exciting wins, and then they can meet again somewhere down the road. But you know, for someone like Ghost Pepper, you got to have the, you got to have the that test, you know, kind of to see where you're at. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you certainly you anyone else, no one has to pitch me, Eric. Because I'm right. Eric, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. You know, I feel Combate is at a point where um, uh, I was going to say, I'm very egotistical. The franchise has outgrown a lot of the athletes. And I think that, you know, when you look at whatever you want to call them, smaller, regional, uh, less media successful franchises. You know, I think they tend to stay fairly stable. There's always going to be new fighters coming in. What happens with Combate is that because of our platform, the giant amount of TV, uh, the eyeballs we're bringing to it, right. the um, uh, intense scrutiny of folks that aren't exactly rooting for me, a lot of the MMA hardcore, um, you know, I think we, we, we sort of are outgrowing. Uh, a number of our fighters, uh, Kira Batara is one of them, but you don't know who she is. But you know, we recently let her go, even though she was six and zero. She, because she doesn't speak Spanish, uh, and because she's not our style of fighter, she was not driving TV ratings, not driving box office. Uh, not driving real media attention. Right. And, you know, the issues that the UFC has, to an extent, are our issues, too. There are fighters, Tyron Woodley, Demetrius Johnson, uh, to an extent, Eddie Alvarez, that's a little bit where they look at folks and go, um, these guys just aren't doing it for us. Right, it reminds and me of John, John Fitch as well, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, you know, it's not a charity, and they do get paid more than beginners. And, you know, last I looked, it's still a capitalist system. And they're not doing the ROI, and then we move on. I think how they handled Demetrius, I think it was very good he went to one. Because uh, he's, you know, he's got to respect a guy like that. Uh, and it looks bad for the organization to treat someone like that that's done nothing but win and do what the organization asks. You know, it'd be bad to kick him to the curb. So it was good to happen. Happen. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just sharing with you, you know, sort of very inside thoughts on what it's like to run a promotion sure. that's particularly focused on you know revenue and media. Right. Uh, and, and 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 oftentimes that that that's my focus. So anyway, Sunday afternoon in New York. Where are you? We are in Michigan. We are in uh, Adrian, Michigan, kind of in between Ann Arbor, Michigan, and Toledo, Ohio. 
another Ann Arbor. Oh, okay. We're about we're about forty minutes south of Ann Arbor. Oh, okay. We used to come, uh, you know, visit Ann Arbor, uh, Holland, Michigan. Uh, where we used to go because it was a very <laughs> yeah holland's a beautiful place it's um it's on the west side of the state kind of by uh grand rapids and yeah i actually had one of my pro fights in holland at the holland civic center many years ago so i know holland fairly well also um campbell would you mind if we just started riffing on a few questions for you if you wouldn't mind sure 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 Not oh, at all. okay i'll go ahead and get started um so we we know that for those of you who don't know who are listening right now, uh, this is Camel McLaurin, uh, CEO of Combate Americas, and also an original co-founding member of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Uh, so we know that um, in your in your time with the UFC, you were not for the sale of Zufa. Uh, do I have that correct? No, you're totally incorrect. I'm sorry, Amigo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Back up a moment, you said co-founder, let's address that term, you know, uh, John McCarthy, Big John, yeah. famous referee, always takes offense when I'm called a co-founder. Uh, he said his definition of uh, founder is someone that puts money in. Now, I didn't put money into the UFC. Well, I was an employee of a big uh, German media company called Bertelsmann. Um, I didn't put money in. But as I say to Big John, look, George Washington and Alexander Hamilton didn't put money into the U.S. that were considered founders. Right? They were founded fathers. But I use the term co-creator. Okay. Because Big John, who's a stickler, and Big John, and a police officer, and a little scary, Yeah. Uh, you know, really pushed back on that. So I say co-creator because, you know, Big John... You know, it was on Joe Rogan's podcast not long ago, and he said, what Campbell did is put the show on television, put the show on, you know, on pay-per-view, and that is what I really did. Okay. The Gracie's were the fight side. Um, Art Daisy was the, the connection between the Gracie's and me, but I put it on TV. You know, I brought in Joe Rogan, uh, worked with the designing the Octagon, put together the marketing, the rules, that's me. So I, I say co-creator. Okay. Um, you know, just to, just to sort of set, I think, I try to be accurate. About 27 years ago, I fell out of it, uh, becoming a little bit here in memory. But, um, so I say co-creator. And then I was gone when uh, uh, Dana uh, convinced Lorenzo and Frank to buy it. Dana White. I was gone. I, was, I left the UFC about early 99 i think they bought it in 2000 okay that right, John? John yeah yeah that sounds right something like that and a lot of you know i had created a marketing campaign and a perception that uh it was a blood sport there were no rules all that kind of stuff and senator john mccain was intense and convincing cable systems to shut off the pay-per-view and to connect with governors in places like Puerto Rico and uh, North Carolina uh, and New York and convince them not to allow it. And, you know, and I was sort of a lightning rod for a lot of that criticism. So it made a certain amount of sense for me to leave, um, even though um, even though I, I didn't like how it was handled. Not, but that, you know, stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I call myself the co-creator. 
I uh, executive produced uh, as a hands-on executive producer, which is highest level you can be in the TV business. Uh, I executive produced uh, one through twelve, and continued as an EP. I think until twenty-two or twenty-three. That was actually taking a back step. If you look at the UFCs one through twelve, I like to think that that's my work as an executive producer, and I think that's what set everything else up. You know, Hank yeah. Abbott, Ken Shamrock, Coach Gracie, good Dr. Don, creating the look and feel of it, the, the, the badassness of it. So that's how I think of myself as the, as the co-creator. Oh. I was gone. Uh, the company was sold reputedly for $2 million. I would never have agreed to sell the UFC, certainly not for you know, $2 million, but nobody asked me that. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I think that I would have hibernated for five years and brought it back. The thing was so embedded in uh, uh, culture, in pop culture, that it had, in currency, you know, famous currency. And you could have hibernated for five years and then you brought it back, everybody would rush to see it again. I never would have sold it. Uh, I wasn't consulted. Um, you know, it's also kind of a dark time. That's why... Dana White and the Perkitas deserve so much credit. They knew it was cool, but it wasn't like other people were beating down the door to buy it. And they bought it for $2 million, and they put it at least $50 million. At least. That's what they say. Right. Maybe, maybe they double that. I don't know. But certainly they reap the benefit of their courage, their vision, and their hard work. So having all of those attributes already in your back pocket, all these skills to uh, make it, you know, turn a MMA promotion into a, you know, into a must-see TV situation. I assume that you are, are using a similar model with Combate Americas. Is that kind of the same level you're hoping to achieve um, with that promotion? That's, that's a good question. That's a very good question. It's a very intelligent question. Thank you, sir. Um, Yes and no. Yes and no, because sometimes very good intelligent questions don't have simple answers. So the yes is, unless you have a distinct, in my opinion, unless you have a distinct point of difference, there's absolutely no reason to start a business to be number two. And, uh, you know, without criticizing anyone else out there, I do believe the UFC is number one, and all the other MMA groups are battling over the number two position. Number two, by the yeah. way, the USC is going to do one billion in revenue. Right, it's a lot of dough, yo. And uh, we find that the, the, the landscape is a bunch of folks trying to be another version of the UFC. You know, it, 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 I, it's my turn. I want to try. This is how I do the UFC. This is why I bought over You know, so I think that. Uh, the reason I'm using the way I'm using the same, uh, it's not a formula. The way I'm looking at the world is uh, based on my experience with the UFC. Is unless you have a real point of difference, I, I don't want to do it. You probably should do it. It's not good business, and it's kind of like why, just because you want to. So, uh, in that sense, I am following that. Uh, the difference is, I believe that the UFC was really built to an extent on uh, uh, controversy as a marketing tool. Sure. And 
that I'm not following. Uh, the way we're positioning Combate Americas is very different than the UFC because we are focused on Hispanic sports fans and Hispanic athletes in particular because there is a fight tradition amongst Hispanic athletes that creates a certain kind of fighting, which is a toe-to-toe, go for it, don't win on points, win with knockouts. You know, 81% of Combate fights are in the position. So if you watch the show Friday, he had three first-round knockouts. Right. And then a girl fight that did go the distance that was first off. So uh, <laughs> it's a style of fighting. It's a cultural style. But ketchup, uh, uh, salsa outsells ketchup in the U.S. Because everybody likes Spanish flavor, you know? Sure. Who doesn't like Mexican food, right? Sure. So everyone's going to like combate, but we are focused on the Hispanic and a particular style of fighting. And what we do is a model, rather than the UFC doing what we use is a model of soccer competition, but the rest of the world calls football. Right. So um, my athletes, the best athletes in the world, in my opinion, is a humble opinion. Not really. Not really humble. I'm talking about MMA. I'm really not that humble. No one's ever accused you of being a humble guy, I don't think. At least not that I have found. (laughs) So in my opinion, which is not humble on MMA, uh, I think that the UFC has the best fighters in the world, 25 years old to 35. Now, you know, Durant Faber is 40, so maybe it's 25 to 40. But generally, the UFC has the best fighters. So I'm not going for the older ones. I am looking to sign. We have 90 fighters under contract from the U.S., from Mexico, from Spain, from South America. And they tend to be 18, 19, 20, 21. So what that gives us is, I think, the next generation of stars. Yeah. Because we are going in very early you know, in, in soccer, which everyone in the world except the U.S. has football. In soccer, they tend to sign kids eight, nine years old. You know, wow. and I think we're replicating that system too. You know, we're we're looking at seventy-year-olds. Of course, you have to be eighteen to you know fight professionally. You know, professionally. Yeah. So, yeah. We, we, we are looking, you know, we don't sign anyone under 18, but we're looking at very young kids. And oftentimes, like Nellie Martinez, our super Nellie, introduced us to her brother, who was 17, and we turned 18 to sign them. So we've got a new group. I think they're super talented in all the future, the near future of the sport. Also, like, you know, uh, you know, I don't think there's any rattlesnakes in Michigan. When I moved out to California, I took a job in Sierra over the summer, and they were telling me that the big rattlesnakes are not your problem. It's the younger ones, the teenage rattlesnakes, are the dangerous. Ultra aggressive, ultra deadly, absolutely. Ultra aggressive, exactly yeah. right. And that's what I think in Colombia. So we have a Hispanic style, some say Mexican style of fighting. With very new fighters that are very young and aggressive. And every time they go out there, and if there's a Cape Bell Castillo or a Daddy Yankee or an Oscar De La Hoya sitting in the audience, because those are folks who come to our fights, uh, they want to put on the best show. And they're oftentimes doing it in their home country, whether it's, you know, Peru or Mexico or, you know, uh, 
uh, your hometown in the U.S., McAllen, Texas, they really want to put on a show, and that gives us fantastic action. Very, very fun style of fighting. UFC is not MMA. UFC is a type of MMA. Combate is a type of MMA. Okay. Ours tends to be more stand-up, more aggressive, more action, more swinging for the fences. Sure. And we definitely, yeah. those of us, yeah, those of us who have seen it definitely would agree with you on that one, Campbell. Uh, speaking of that, if you were to cross-promote uh, with any other organization, would you have any interest in that? Or do you think that Combate Americas is so much an entity unto itself, you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to cross-promote with anybody because you're building something very specific like you were just referring to? Tom, how long have you been doing this? Uh, about nine months, sir. <laughs> Your first three questions are better than 90% of the questions I get. Oh, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was trying to give you shorter answers. You didn't have to transcribe this. You could talk so, all day as far as we're concerned. <laughs> okay, so, um, all right. So, that's a great question. Uh, a very interesting question. Obviously, it's a trend right now, right? Yeah. You see Bellator talking a lot about cross-promotion. We, we sent Kira Batara, who I was probably talking about here. She fought for and uh, they also wanted our fighter, John Castaneda. Uh, John didn't want to fight Japan for whatever these reasons. I think he was wrong, but yeah. he cannot compel someone to fight. Uh, so we've done a little bit with Ryzen, but more like a one fighter at a time. Um, in my already admittedly not humble opinion, <laughs> I, I really think Bombake is very much kind of above pretty much everyone. If you look at our TV ratings in the U.S., if you look at our TV distributions, our ratings in Mexico, our ratings in Spain, we beat the UFC in Spain, we beat Bellator in Spain, we beat the shit out of the UFC in Spain. Right. We are beating people at midnight that are on at prime time in the U.S. You know, I, I, I'm not sure who are equal is. Um, I think that uh, I, I, I'm not sure who, who's interesting to combine. I'm not sure this is going to sound this is very mercenary. I'm in business. I'm not in charity. I'm, in right. Right. I'm not sure who would benefit Combate to work with as much as Combate would benefit them. Right. And oh, that's what I have to think about in a matchup, right? In yeah. Promotion. I thought about KSW just because I think there's so much fun to watch. Absolutely. Uh, uh, just such a blast. But I have no idea how to do it because two or three of my fighters pay as much as one of their fighters. Right, so right. Maybe if I could have one Polish guy fight three Mexicans. <laughs> yeah, the that um, Polish the Polish promotion KSW. For those of you who don't understand, just just if you can check them out, they are they are really really fun, very high level. It's a blast. Yeah, and they sell a lot of tickets in Poland and a fair number of tickets in England. Yeah. So, you know. Um, anyway, God, we, I, I love that idea. <laughs> You know, I've, I've thought about doing things like our tournament. You know, we do Copa Combate, which is the, the, the fighting cup. Yeah. It's like the America's Cup in soccer football. 
And, um, you know, I, I could see allowing someone from another promotion to come into that. Uh, I, because I do think we're trying to represent the best uh, in that weight class from around the world. Uh, and, and I would certainly consider that. Uh, I think that, look, it's tough for a promotion, too, because, you know, you've got to think about what you get out of um, I have, you know, by the end of the year, I believe I'm going to have a million people the way our TV ratings are going. By the end of the year, I'm going to have a million people watching our show in the U.S. So if I put another promotion on that, that's giving them tremendous exposure. Of that million people, and that's projected, Todd. Right yeah. now, they're like at 530, 550, right? But it's, it's, it's growing. Um, we, Nielsen, our uh, commission Nielsen research, and they came back and that uh, 90, 90 plus percent have, don't watch the USC of So I've got right now roughly 400, 450,000 new fans for the sport watching Kobata that don't watch the USC of Oh, so they're exclusively they're exclusively loyal to your brand. They're not just MMA fans. They're just they're Combate American fans. That's a that's an assumption. That's a conjecture. That you know, yes, it is factual. But they're saying they have not before now watched UFC for Okay. Now the Hispanic um, audience uh, is very known for brand loyalty. By the way, there's a lot of research on that. Oh, great. Once folks find a brand that they're comfortable with and they think represents them authentically, which I think we do, right. they, the group is very loyal and tends to stick with them. So I think I created something where people who are very comfortable that represents the culture. You know, I'm the salsa of MMA, Yes. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, everybody likes it. Hispanic new fans love it. And that's what I think about. So, who do I give my sauce to? You know, who's who am I going to spread my sauce on? Right. Who's worthy enough? Who's worthy enough to give back as much as they would yeah. be taking? What do, right. What do I get? I bring right. the sauce. What do you get? Quid pro quo, uh, as they say, right, Campbell? No, you know, uh, yeah, you know, but it's also look, it's also smart promotion. We're still growing. What yeah. do I get for the benefit of handing you? my TV audience right. in the U.S. or Mexico. What do I get? It's a great question. Uh, we look forward to seeing it. Of, yeah. And, I, you know, I, we have plenty of exciting fights. I don't need to go off our roster. Yeah. Put on a exciting fight. So someone, there may be one individual fighter I might like to see. Uh, but anyway, so I don't see it. I am open to ideas. I am not ruling anything out, and it does seem to be a trend. Scott Coker, uh, who certainly knows the business and certainly doesn't need to be humble in his opinion, uh, seems to be wanting to do all kinds of promotions. So, you know, maybe that's the way to go. For me, I, you know, uh, Wayne's World, you know, what we wouldn't they say, we're not worthy. Yes. Um, <laughs> I am worthy. <laughs> 
Oh, we love it. Well, Campbell, I do. I know we uh, we said probably fifteen. We've definitely run over that. We don't want to take up too much of your day. I know you are a busy, busy man. But I can't tell you how much, on behalf of myself, Todd, also known as the Rhino, and my co-host, The Essence, how appreciative we are that you took the time today to um, answer some questions for us and kind of. Nice Sunday afternoon, by the way. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Finish with my question. Sure. You know, sometimes they talk about the golden age of TV or the golden age of boxing, I heard, which was, you know, Muhammad Ali, etc. In in the ages of MMA, what age are we in there? I think we are in the dawn of the pinnacle of what it's going to be. So what I mean by that is, I think with um, with the ESPN deal, I think that is going to put more eyes on it in the next probably from the last six months through the next year that have ever been on the sport by a long shot. And I'd say within the next two to three years, we will see um, top, top, top tier promotions, i.e. UFC, Bellator, Combate, KSW, who are putting out product that has never been seen before. And there are kids now who are 15, 16, 17, who have never trained a specific discipline. They started training MMA. So in three or four years, those kids are going to be 19, 20, and 21, and they're going to be more well-rounded, and there's going to be more competitive matchups across the board. So I think we are almost to the point where we're entering the golden age now. I think we are almost there. I say within the next year or two, we'll be in the golden age, what we will call the golden age of MMA. Wow. That is actually across me. Um, it also helps repeat this Rumor that feeling going around Twitter right now, uh, Bruce Lee, you know, uh, pre-stage Chinese Asian arms, no grappling to speak of, a little bit, you know, I think Brazilian Valley two days. I saw you tweeted that. I retweeted that, actually. I saw you just tweeted that a little while ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. It just actually, uh, Bruce Lee, he's a star, but he doesn't have that. Right. He just did and he just did. <laughs> yeah, I think if there's, if there's one fighter that did, and, 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 you know, looking at the past, I, I think it's Marco Lewis, the FC seven, you know, because he comes out of like the LA two day tradition, jiu jitsu, boxing. Yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely, I would definitely also, I definitely, I'd also obviously put Hoyce on the map. I would definitely put Antonio Inoki for what he did, um, not just with the pro wrestling. As far as bringing, as far, voice? yeah, as far as bringing MMA to, to people, like bringing MMA to people, so, I mean, certainly drove it uh, into yeah. the UFC. But remember, they were there to drive interest in, in, in racing jujitsu. They right. were never MMA. Sure, sure. Ever. They they were racing jujitsu, but did he? Is he the one? Yes, without a doubt, that he got people watching. Without a doubt, even though you got to give some credit to Tank Abbott too. Rhonda, I said, Rhonda, I tweeted this about you and Tank. She goes, yeah, I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. 
Yeah, no shit. You got to look over both shoulders. I love and, it. Uh, that, again, I, I mean, I have this and can talk this up for bringing the new fans. Uh, anyway, Todd, listen, God, we'd love to talk to you again. Let me know, uh, you know how we can help promote the show. I don't have any plans to be in Michigan. We did do Chicago. You should try to get out to the show. Oh, yeah. But if you guys come back anywhere in the Midwest, we will for sure be there. They, they don't have planes? God. I mean, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't work in a, in, a, in a position as of yet where I can just, you know, frivolously spend money on plane rides. It's not frivolous. This is religious. Oh, okay. It's, it's an investment in your career. That, you know what? what? Since you put it that way, I'm convinced. Now I'm convinced. And yes, you're right. I will have to come you out. Bring for the airfare and we'll put you in a hotel. Oh, my goodness gracious. I could not... I, yes, I could. How could I turn that down? I couldn't. How could you turn that down? Right. So, Campbell, and once Tito again, Alberto, you should be there for that. The Tito Alberto. Well, we weren't sure. We weren't sure if that was gonna if that was a for sure thing happening. Remember? Oh, that's a for sure thing. Oh, great. Well, then, yes, we will definitely see if we can make that happen. I will one hundred percent be in touch with you via Twitter. You have just been the the most phenomenal thing to happen to our show, and we cannot thank you enough for spending some time with us. Thank you, sir. You too. Bye-bye. Are we ready to record? Yep. And keep recording, I guess. And three, two, one. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. This is CS101, your combat sports podcast. We talk about MMA. We talk about boxing. We talk about Muay Thai, kickboxing, high-level grappling, and everything in between. I am your very fired-up host, co-host, the Rhino. Uh, I'll be normal today, and it's Jeff over here, the essence. (laughs) Normal is a stretch, but you'll be something. I know you will, buddy. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got the juices flowing right now. Yeah, we're real happy campers right now, so uh, I can let the cat out of the bag. You obviously will have already heard it because we are going to put it at the beginning of the show. We just had a phenomenal, about a half an hour interview with Campbell McLaurin, the Campbell McLaurin. I originally called him a co-founder, but he said he wanted to be a what? A... uh, I don't know. I don't remember. He he wanted to be referred to as something else, but it was he, like what like what Big John was and like I, a co- like a co promoter. I'm, I'm already or having a producer. Oh yeah, co producer was I'm already having a stroke. Me so. too. We're we're just so excited. We're over the moon. Where our our words might be jumbled. I mean, he could not have been cooler. He could not have been more forthcoming. He could not have been funnier. He he had a great insight on his awesome promotion, Combate Americas, that we talked about. Um. So yeah, we are just super super over the moon. Yep. That we had him and, on. I want to say, I apologize. Like I had some questions on uh, on my end, but I want to apologize for not actually having my voice be in the interview. As you guys all know, Todd just has that uh, radio voice. Um, I had a few questions that he did ask for me. Um, I was basically just sitting by the computer, though, making sure that everything was getting uh, getting done and making sure that nothing happened to where we lost the interview. So I was a part of it. Yes, he was. But I was in the background. And he gave me a note of for, for a great question that was actually not on my note sheet. So Jeff gets full, full credit for that. I was really happy that he, he said, like, that about us, about how he asked us how long we've been doing this. And he's like, I've never, like, these questions are really good. Like, 
it just it made me like do the thing <laughs> boys and girls that's that's oh. that's my favorite thing that jeff does to be honest with you is when he does the salami slap on the fucking table it's really season again season. Uh, season, so boy. yeah so again it just couldn't have gone better we are we are super still we are over the moon uh if those of you who are listening right now if you don't listen or i'm sorry if you don't watch combate americas it, it is so good it is a you know it is a hispanic promotion it's mostly 25 35s and 45 guys um they really Really put on a great they really put on great performances and so yeah definitely check them out so now getting to the last night that was well actually this last weekend because you know the first bellator cards were on were on friday yep so we had friday we had saturday both we had bellator cards we had the ufc copenhagen yeah. or as you like to say copenhagen, copenhagen. and <laughs> we had errol spence and um sean porter. porter i mean we had glory there was cage warriors i mean what well, you want to talk LFA, about an right. ufc we had an explosive <gasps> weekend of combat sports. Uh, adcc as well adcc yes I, i'm telling you i mean what what there's infinite yeah. content I, my man i am upset that i was not able to watch any of adcc this weekend uh, it had a lot of interesting matchups, so especially with Gordon Ryan being in the plus ninety nine division, he weighs like two hundred three, and he's literally grappling with like two hundred eighty pound men. So that was interesting. That is impressive, but uh, you know, to get to the two Bellator cards first, yeah, I think is what well, we decided we yeah. were going to get started on. Yep. Um. So <clears> was it two twenty seven? Was the first one that was in Dublin? That was in Dublin. So the first, uh, well, I mean, the, the two fights I think we decided we were going to talk about were the Gallagher. And then the Benson Henderson versus Miles Jury fights. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. So why don't we jump on to the, because it's faster. Why don't we jump on to the James Gallagher fight? Okay. Um. So James Gallagher took a... Or Gallagher, however he says Took it. a late, uh, late notice replacement. replacement. Yeah. Um, the guy ended up missing weight, Roman Salazar, who came from LFA. Um, I, I believe his record was 13 and 9, which we've talked about before. Records don't really matter at that point because, like, you look at, you know, Masvidal, you look at Diaz, they have, you know, 10, 11 losses. Cowboy Cerrone, those are going to be the toughest fights that you have because they, they've experienced it. They know what it's like. And at that point, it's like, it doesn't affect them as much. And they didn't um, get handpicked opponents all the way through like exactly. some soft asses. <laughs> Gallagher. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and Love so, it. 40 seconds in, um, ends up getting a guillotine. Now, I will say, and I hate saying this, and this isn't even about him, it's about somebody that was in the crowd. Connor did a good job of not making sure that he was the highlight of this night, like he did the last time. Yeah. Like, I, and I will say this, he... Connor is completely for his gym. I respect that about him. Straight Blast Gym in Dublin, Ireland. And and he was there to support all of the, Peter Quayley, who had a really impressive uh, come from behind victory. Um, he, he was there to support his teammates, and I, I respect that from him. But the last time he did it, he made a mockery of himself with Mark, uh, Mark Goddard. And yeah, so he, he was definitely understated last night as opposed to last time with the exactly. jumping in the cage yep. and the whole bit. He, he did jump up and like congratulate him. But like when they said, hey, you got to get off, he, he was calm about it. He's yeah. collected. Um, but yeah, so yeah, James Gallagher won. I, I'm pretty sure all of us knew that. They, they, they're going to, after that Ricky Bendejas fight, they're going to really build him up, um, which is what they should have done with Aaron Pico. Sage Northcutt, Paige I'm, Van Zandt. I'm more upset about Aaron Pico, though. I know. I'm just you yeah, know, putting but anyways, that same um, energy out there for and, others. Uh, so before we go into the uh, Henderson jury fight, um, another one, I, I want to talk about this because this is going to be a rant on my own, is the Michael Page versus Richard Kiley. Michael Venom Page? Yeah, MVP. So I'll say this. Without his shenanigans, he is a phenomenal striker. Yeah. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Now, 
Uh, it, it has been known that Dan Mergliata does not appreciate how his antics and all that. A lot of people, especially, like I said, MMA fans, majority of them, like especially from different parts of the world, use it as a form of respect. Like you don't go in there, you don't showboat, you don't, you go in there, you do your job, you know, you respect your opponent, so on and so forth, right? Well, he does a bunch of shan- you know, shenanigans, he does a bunch of antics, he does a bunch of dumb shit to the point where like it, it, he's trying to be too much of a showman. And Richard Kiley ended up flipping him off. He did it back and Dan stopped the fight and said, Hey, I need you. He didn't just point out MVP. He pointed out both of them and said, I need you guys to be respectful. Do not do that again. There will be consequences. So what he said to both of them. Correct. All right. Everyone, yep. everyone yep. fucking gets that. Now MVP gets him <laughs> down and is doing some ground and pound, but then he like ends up doing this taunt thing where he looks away and just sits there for a second and is doing something with his hand. Dan took a point from him and everyone's like, he didn't have the right to take a point from him there. It's like, no, he he warned both of them right before that, like, hey, that shit needs to quit. And MVP basically said, no, it's not going to quit. So he got a point taken. Now, I will say it is a little weird seeing a point getting taken from that, but he didn't listen to the ref. And I, you guys can argue that to this day, whatever. Like To this day! Is, is, oh, he Shout didn't, out Bronze Bomber. Right. He didn't deserve to take a point from him, but again, he straight up told Kylie and MVP, be respectful. If you do it again, I'm taking the point. Kyla didn't do it. MVP did. Got a point taken. End of the story. Listen to the fucking ref. All right. That's it. That's it. So MVP has filed a complaint. He is asking the commission to uh, start an investigation into Dan Merliata. So we means, will go ha- ahead. We'll have to wait and see how this all plays out. Oh, this is all I have to say. Just have him not ref MVP again. That's it. That's that's the easiest way to fix. You still won the fight, and you were gonna win regardless of that point being deducted. But just. Speaking of winning the fight, MVP landed a beautiful knee, which put the kid down and then finished yeah. him on the ground. Like I and again, I understand being a showman somewhat, like but just don't do it during the fight. Like it, it anger because he does it too much. Like I understand it works for him. He's but, a fucking clown, yeah. dude. He always has been. And Douglas Lima took his like I thought he would be different after the but I guess it, I guess Lima Some guys just cannot be humbled, apparently. No. You know what I mean? I hope I hope Lima can do it again to him because I know he called him out because he wants that he wants that L back, which I understand, but We'll, we'll discuss that later. Sure. But yeah, that's, that's my end of the story. Everyone who's mad at Dan Mergler out of taking a point, eat dicks. Eat bags of dicks. All right, you idiots. So that's that's the end of that. Wow. And that then was impassioned. Thanks. Um, and Ain't then the next word? fight, and this is funny, because when you go back to it, so the, the headliner was uh, Henderson versus Miles Jury. Miles Jury from Michigan. Yeah, what up? Highland Park, right? Uh, Hazel Park. Very close. Hazel Park, yeah. Yep. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The the high the high and hazel <laughs> silent high <and> hey <laughs> but uh so and then Benson Henderson obviously training out of um, Glendale Arizona the MMA Been there lab a long time uh and I I want to say this so a lot of people dislike Benson Henderson he is I, I use the term like like a, I'm a closet fan just kind of how like for instance like with the Big Ten and football like I'm a closet Badgers fan like I love Wisconsin but I'm a diehard Michigan fan through and through like Benson Henderson's always been that one person that I've absolutely loved. But if people were like, I fucking hate him, I'm like, yeah, screw Benson. <laughs> like, I'm that type of guy because I don't know. Like, like he he knows how he knew how to win. I should say he had a, he had a stride where he was on a losing streak a little bit. But he he's a phenomenal fighter. Um, he has grit. He he just I don't know. A lot of people just don't like the way he fights. He doesn't ever put the pedal to the fucking metal ever. I think if he did, he'd be well. He did a few times like against Diaz when he just mauled him. 
Because I haven't seen, I'm talking about Bellator. Benson Henderson. Is oh no, he hasn't put the pedal. He does not he did against, fucking do that. He did it against Roger Wickerton, and, that and that's it. what's frustrating that with him it. is because you know how talented he is. Mm-hmm. You know how strong he is for the 55 division, exactly. dude. And his fucking thighs. Are <laughs> you should have seen Jeff's facial changes. To his fucking thighs. Dude, <laughs> he got real into that. They're fucking massive. But then again, so like yeah, Barry Sanders thighs. Like former UFC champion, uh, contender for the. Uh, 170 belt in Bellator lost a split decision to Michael Chandler uh, for the lightweight belt. Ended up having a little skid. Is back on a four fight winning streak. Miles Jury coming over from the UFC was a huge prospect in the UFC yeah. as well. Um, until he lost to Cowboy Cerrone, which was the ass whooping he deserved. Right? Were you surprised that he was 30 last night? That really surprised me. I thought Miles Jury was like 27. I thought he was going to be like 28, like 28, 27. Okay. Myself. Yeah. Um, I thought he was much younger because he was super young when he came right, into the but UFC. He's been yeah. for a long time. He was in the UFC for a long time, yeah. which is why I was like, okay, I, I was thinking he was, he was 30, and he and he'd already accrued. You know what else too about that fight was hmm. Benson Henderson had eight losses. Which I was, yeah. I, I must have seen all of them because I thought he was sitting on like 12, 13 losses. But I remember specifically saying like, oh man, he's only had eight? Interesting. You know what I mean? Because he was fighting at such a high level for so long. Yeah, he lost. He's fought so many guys. He, like I said, he 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 doesn't get the recognition he deserves. I yeah, think just I think because, you're right on that. Because also he walks out the R. Swift, our God, which is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just did the um, pound to chest twice, point up to the ceiling for everybody who can't watch it. Yeah, you guys can't watch it. You guys could feel it. You can feel the presence. Like how people can feel the presence of God on Sunday mornings. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, dude, I told you I'm on one right now. Yeah, we're, so, we're something right now. Uh, we're just high off the interview, dude. That's how are. cool it was. Okay, so these are his losses. I just want to go over them. <laughs> we're so, going to go the list of... Um, we're talking about Benson Henderson's losses. Yeah, so professional. Rock, Rocky Johnson, which was a regional thing, whatever. Um, that was his only loss up until he lost to Anthony Pettis on the uh, final WEC card. With the Superman kick, yeah. that's actually not what finished it, but that was that. That was that. Uh, then he lost to Anthony Pettis again, RDA, um, Donald Cerrone, which would have been the third fight with Donald, because Donald lost twice before. Um, then he lost to Andre Korshkov, Michael Chandler, Patricky Pitbull, which was a super super. That was one of the split decisions. And this is what I love Benson, but this is why I hate him. Is he sometimes gets a split decision that should not go his way, and it goes his way. Like Frankie Edgar's, I believe it was the second fight. I thought Frankie won that fight, but yeah. it went Benson's way. Um, so that Patricky fight didn't go his way; it went Patricky's way. Whatever. Um, and then you have uh, that's it. So yeah, he's twenty eight and eight, which is hella impressive. Yeah, for sure. Particularly with the, the opponents that we're talking about over that. Jeez, Louise, you want to talk about the who's who of the one fifty five division over the last what eight nine years? Benson Henderson has been right in the mix. Um. But again, so last night, him and Miles Jury, they come out again. Like you said, this is Miles Jury's first crossover to Bellator. Uh, they didn't they didn't give do many favors, right, Jeff? They didn't throw many softballs. No. They gave him Benson Henderson. God knows we just talked about his resume for five minutes. Fucking Miles Jury comes out. Benson comes out. I, I want to say the first round was quasi-slow. It was kind it, of uh, I think it was tit slow. for tat. The first 30 seconds, Benson started off pretty fast. And you know what? MVP, not MVP, jeez. He would hate if I said that, but daily. And um, who was the who was the co-commentator oh, last uh, night? Uh, um, uh, shit! Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> it was Paul Daly and the other guy. They had both said, and then Josh Thompson just kicked in his uh, two cents too. That Benson Henderson is notoriously a slow starter. Yep. So they all expected him to come out harder than he has been. Um. So what was your take on the first round? I I, I thought that as well. I thought that he started up um a little bit slower. Um. Not not slower. I thought he started normal again. Like they were like, man, he come out quick because he threw a combo right off the bat. Like he was fast paced, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I think out of this fight, Miles Jury just didn't fight. 
if that makes sense. He was hesitant. Um, it, it was more that that than anything. It was a it wasn't a terrible fight, but it was very, no. It was it, a boring fight. He um, looked pretty defensive. He looked like he wasn't very comfortable in a no, lot of spots. Exactly. You know what I mean? He um, didn't look like the veteran that we've known Miles Jury to be. Exactly. And I I think Josh Thompson brought it up. He's like maybe it was the change of uh, organizations. Um, but yeah, Benson just kind of pushed the pace a little bit. His, his shots weren't terrible. But again, like you said, when somebody's on their back foot, it, it's hard sometimes. Like, you'll miss a shot. Like, you fall. You'll, you'll. I don't know why the fuck he punches people's legs. He's been doing that his whole career. Like, he, he's notoriously to... <laughs> known for that. And uh, he's the one that really made the calf kick profit popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I will give, I will give credit where credit is due with that because that, like, that's all. He he made the calf, like nobody kicked the calf before and like he really made it like well known in the WEC era. You're gonna break your fucking hand if you punch somebody and they lift their knee up just a couple more inches. You're gonna break your yeah. hand. I would not recommend young fighters emulate that particular fucking yeah. technique, dude. You know, you know what I give credit to, by the way, for Bellator is that no nobody else gives credit to this. Is Bellator will literally talk about the UFC. Like talk, yeah, they're not afraid to talk about it. that's true. They'll talk about UFC. They'll talk about all organizations. Like, oh yeah, he was a champion in the UFC. Like he fought these people. He, he fought was the, the LFA UFC. champion. Yeah. He was KSW. The, U- the UFC's yeah. like he, we found him in the dirt. No one <laughs> no one else, no other company exists, essentially. Yeah, they much. will say, like, uh, in another organization. Like, remember when Gaethje came over from the WSOF? Yeah. They were like, he was a champion in another organization. Like, we all know what you're talking about. You can just fucking say it. But I guess, you know, from their perspective, they don't want to promote it. So yeah. Um, so but, yeah, let's Deci- Go back to decision, the card. decision victory. Um, Unanimous. There nah. was no no question, no no controversy. Four fight winning streak. The only thing I could see for him next, honestly, uh, Patrick Pitbull is in um, the Risen tournament now, so I don't think he'll be fighting anytime soon for Bellator. Um, I would like to see that rematch personally. It, between that, um, a Michael Chandler rematch would make sense. Even a nice yawn. That was powerful. Jeez, that like made my job that click. Was powerful, but uh, or th- he has he has three rematches that make all of the sense right now. You have Patricio, and you have Michael Chandler. Um, the only reason I say Patricio, obviously, he is the lightweight champion, and he has a victory over Patricio, but it's because he broke his leg. Yeah. Um, Michael Chandler will probably get that shot though, and. This is a good segue for Patricio to go into Bellator 228, so which was the next day. Right. So we're gonna so we're wrapping up the Friday night card in Dublin, and then we're going to the Saturday night card, which was was it in California, right? Yeah, it was in uh, Inglewood. Okay, Inglewood, always up to no good. Some of our some of our audience will know what that's a reference to. Not some, but some will. Some will. Some will. Yeah. Who gives a shit? I do. Hee hee. Um. Tee hee. Oh my god, dude! Give me a sec. Why? I am giving you a sec. What do you need? What do you need? I'm, I'm saying like the way that Tapology has this set up is where they they have like, like five fights on top of like the actual fights. Oh, you didn't hear about that, dude? There was post limbs last night. There were post limb fights after the main event. That's a thing. That is a. It's not a very often thing, but yes, last night it was an actual thing. They had post limb fights on the Bellator card, which is unbelievable. So, huh. last night's Bellator card is going to be headlined by the Order of the Dragon Machida versus Gegard Musasi. Um, yeah, do you want to go ahead and get started on that one, buddy? I want to know what your opinion is on Antonio McKee. It's hard to gauge anything further from his nine second or whatever it was knockout of that kid. Um, 
like we talked about before, we were both huge McKee fans, dude. We see the most, again, he has the most potential at that weight class in all of MMA as far as, I don't even know if you want to call him a prospect anymore. I think he's, he's in the mix. Thing, yeah, he's yeah. a contender. Um, again, we've talked about the 145 thing. Uh, first of all, it, it, I, I, I know your that's your pick. That's your pick to yep. win the Grand Prix for the 45. Yours was Archuleta, which mine, I agree. I agreed with that as the second right, round. Right. Yeah, second pick, yeah. I, I had Archuleta was mine, and obviously that's no longer a viable pick. So left in the tournament, I have to root for, well, it's not have to, but I choose to root for Manny Sanchez. But I think if I had to put actual physical dollars down, I think I'd be doubling down on your pick mm-hmm. of Mr. McKee because he has literally everything you need, not only in his in his mind, in his IQ, but in his actual physical tools. He is good everywhere. The kid's super explosive. Again, was this guy a world beater that he fought last night? No. But well, I, I also yeah. think that McKee is, he is a future champion without a question. And I loved, I love him as a fighter. I really, yeah. really do. I, but I got to root for Manny. Just he's, yeah. he's my I, guy. I, I think like the way he's usually really good at speaking behind the mic. Uh, last night when he was doing the winner, winner, chicken dinner thing, I was like, you could tell how young he was. I mean, he is only 24. But um, I enjoyed watching his dad fight. I thought that was awesome. Um, his dad's fucking 49 years old. Got a yeah. victory last night. Um, but just something about AJ McKee. I, I said this to... Um, I said this to Eli last night is that there's a handful of people in Bellator. Like I, I honestly would say a handful of people I want to see in the UFC rather it be because I want to see them get their taints ripped in <laughs> or because I legit think that they're actual prospects that could cause <clears throat> havoc. And, sure. and AJ McKee is one of those people. I think, Oh, I totally agree. Dude. I, I think, I think that kid is, is the world right now. I think, I think he's one of the underlying factors that Bellator has kept secret and it, it's insane. Like that potential that that kid has, is something that that could like you said catapult to superstardom um and georgie uh how do you say his last name karakarian karhanian karhanian is no joke i mean he's a veteran of the sport he's fought in the who's who fought in by the way i know you want to cringe at that i'm gonna keep saying that. i'm gonna make it a word um but no he's fought the who's who eight seconds took him and i, I mean, mean everybody can get caught we all know that yeah but I, I think Again, I don't think who it wouldn't have mattered who they put across the cage no, from last night. Look, look at look at who he look at what he did to Pat Curran his last fight. Like yeah, and I also think too, dude, watching your dad earlier in the night, like he cornered him. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Watching your dad get a victory, his first one in I don't know how many years at nearly fifty years old, uh, it's got to inspire you. You know what I mean? It's got to be one of those things where you just got to feel like you got extra oomph, you got extra adrenaline, you got extra juice uh, going in there to fight. So yeah, he was a he was an uncaged lion, and he came across the fucking cage. You know, did a couple things through that fucking straight left oh put the kid out his hands were just like it was they were beautiful last night so but, we're, um, we're, we're being real fanboys for aj mckee right now so yep. let's uh let's move on down the card before you know he thinks we're gonna start sending him love letters i i will but um <laughs> we're, we're actually gonna take a step back and discuss the caldwell uh henry corral fight. um boo, I, I, I don't caldwell, i don't boo. i don't want to skip the daniel vichel and sal rogers fight but Daniel Wetchell ended up winning that one. Um, it was actually a really good war. The, I didn't see that one. The, but uh, yeah, Daniel Vitchell ended up winning, so he moves on. But yeah, Darian Caldwell, Henry Corrales. I got into it. I got into an Instagram beef with this. Surprise, surprise! Because people were that's like, why well, I run well, our Twitter, account. right? And they're, they're like, well, well, why would why would Darian Caldwell do anything? Like he did what he had to do to win. It's like you guys don't understand. And, and I told the guy, I'm like, listen, I understand when he. He even said he's like when he when he fights a wrestler he strikes at them. That's not true. He fought Joe Warren and he butt fucked him in wrestling. Okay, 
Look, God, I hate Jordan. It is my thing. You look at his previous fights, all of the ones before he got beat by uh, Kyoji Horiguchi, when he would wrestle, Gooch! He, he, would, he would dominate the position, and he would go for a submission, he would go for ground and pound. That stopped completely. Like, like all he does is hold you down now. Like, he doesn't even try to advance. He doesn't do anything like that. He just holds you down, okay? Now, Henry Corrales, I love him. I, I, think, he, I think he's a phenomenal fighter. Also trains out of the lab. Uh, Benson Henderson was in his corner. Um, all, all Darren Caldwell did was hold him down. Um, that's the end of it. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. It, it, I under, again, I understand being a wrestler. Like, look at Habib. People be like, oh, wrestlers are boring. Habib's not boring. He gets sure you down. He gets you down. He transitions. He 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 mauls you. Darian Caldwell just likes to be that little doggy that like holds onto your leg and just does it. Ee, 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 ee. And you're like, can you please get off me? Like this this is just annoying. It's not that hurting. Was an interesting analogy right there, bro. Thank you. Um, and here's the thing: is I liked Darian Caldwell before. So I, I. I I still think he has the potential to not reamp himself, but go back to how he was. And I, I, if he does that, I think he's a force to be fucking reckoned with. Sure. But he, he needs to realize he can't just hold him down. He needs to angle with the transitions. He needs to... He, he's really good on his feet, too. He has really good angles on his feet. He, I just think... I think the Gooch fight did scare him a bit. Definitely shook his confidence. No way yeah. around it. So, yeah. He ended up winning. He advances. Henry Corrales, I'm sorry, but you'll come back stronger than ever. He's, he's a G. So, next fight is the uh, championship fight with... Uh, the Pitbull versus the the Spaniard, which boo, was Pitbull boo, which was yay Spaniard, which was a good, it was a good fight. It was a good showing on Pitbull's part. Um, just it wasn't Juan's night. Pitbull was just the better fighter last night. Yeah, playing his day like I think if they fight ten times, it's like five and five. Mm-hmm. And but so like, last night, just Pitbull did a little bit more. To I think uh, I think it was in the third or fourth round where. Uh, Archuleta had like a three it was like a three or four piece combo and he transitioned into this beautiful single leg and I mean it was shot perfectly and I was like where has this been the whole fight but it, it was just I don't know like maybe the limelight got to him maybe I, I it, at the end of the day shit can happen on the day of the fight you're still going in there when win lose injury no injury you went in there knowing exactly what you needed to know and, and sometimes it doesn't go your way. Um, I think you summed it up just right earlier. It was just Pitbull's night. He was yep. better. He was just better last night. You yeah. know, do, do I think he's significantly a better fighter? No. No. But last night he was better. I'm getting sick and tired of people thinking he's the best featherweight in the world. By the way, I'm getting oh, fucking sick. Shit. I'm getting fucking sick of that. I don't see much of that. But. No. I'm getting. I'm. I'm getting fucking mad. <laughs> I'm getting mad. I put him in there with Max Holloway. See what happens. You're already very vascular today, Jeff. If you if you go too hard, you might yeah. pop a vein. Yeah, I know. Don't Let's worry. Take it easy. Yeah. But so, anyways. Yeah, um, he advances. And then this is the thing I wanted to discuss, too, was the way that they did the uh, the drawing. I loved it. Yeah. We talked about that on last week's show a little bit. Loved it. Yeah. The random fucking draw. Right. Yeah. But uh, so everybody knows, like everybody. Oh, my God. I said everybody like eight times there. Everybody that advanced <laughs> was there for the drawing. They got a random card that had a number on it and say for, it was one through eight. All right. If you have number one, you get to pick the date. Right off the bat. So you get to pick December, January, uh, February, March. And AJ, AJ McKee was the first one. Now, I thought he was going to be more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Strategic, because I know he wanted Patricio. And knowing Patricio had that, you know, that cut over his eye. He, he's not going to be ready by December. Plans today. Not going to be ready. So I thought he was going to pick, you know, January, February. 
But no, he wants to get in and get out because he was only in there for eight seconds. Yeah. So he picks, you know, December. Now the next guy can either pick December as well and fight AJ McKee, or he can pick vice versa. So Patricio was the last pick, and everyone's like, that's not fair. He he gets forced to be there. But him being the champ, he gets to literally pick and choose who he fights and in what month. So like say for instance, uh January's all filled up. He can take somebody out of January and fight in January. I thought that was dope. Um I love him and Adam Borich. I love that fight. I think that's an interesting fight, especially for Adam Borich. Um, I I also like the uh oh shit, my bad. He's not fighting Adam Borich. I fucked that up completely. Backtrack. I fucked that up. Yeah, that go back thirty seconds. <laughs> Rewind. Darian Caldwell is fighting Adam Borich. There we go. Uh, I love that fight. I think that's an exciting fight to see uh, an elite wrestler against an elite striker. Uh, and see if Adam Borch can get a fourth fucking flying knee knockout. Um, <laughs> that was so sweet. And then you got Pedro Cavallo versus Patricio, which that is, I think, going to be a mauling. I worry for Patricio <laughs> to go in there and just annihilate the guy within the first, I don't know, minute and a half. Yeah. And then here's my thing. So, like I said, at the end of the day, I think Agent Mickey wins it all now. I think he does. I, I, you know what? I have to. I, like I said, if I was putting money on, I would agree with you. I'm, I'm rooting for Manny Sanchez. I'm rooting for our Rufus Sport cousin. I am yeah. rooting for I a think, guy who's been around grinding for so many years, who's just now getting a little bit of shine with this tournament. Uh-huh. I really, really am hoping Manny does it uh, again. But if I had to put money on, I'm with, I'm with McKee all day. I think he, uh, I think he beats uh, Daniel Vichel because that's who he's f- facing. I right. think, I think he gets the rematch with Patricio. Which was a super close split decision. Sure was. But I, I think I, I don't know. I just I I just have this gut feeling that Patricio's gonna make it to the finals. And here's here's the best part about this is I want Adam Borch to beat Darian Caldwell, but I don't think he does. I think he loses a decision. And then you get AJ McKee versus Darian Caldwell, which is a dope fight as well. Sure is. I think I think that's the fight that Darian Caldwell finds out that he doesn't necessarily have a chin <laughs> and he does get TKO'd. And then, Sweet. and then you have, you have what everybody wanted in the beginning. You get what AJ McKee wanted. You get what Patricio Pitbull wanted, which, because Pitbull has come out and said, he believes AJ McKee is the number one contender, like through and through. I mean, the kid's 15 and 0. Um, and you get that as the, the Grand Prix final for the featherweight championship and the million dollars. And I think, I think AJ McKee can, I think he can knock out Patricio Pitbull. I think he has the whereabouts. I think he has the athleticism. I think he has the power. I think he has the timing. I, I, he's my, he is my new favorite person. Wow. I will say that. Left in the wayside is John Bones Jones. No, no, no. (laughs) You just said favorite. I said that by English language definition is the pinnacle, the top of the top. I said favorite person, not favorite fighter. Oh, okay. Okay. He's going to be, he's going to be my third favorite fighter. Okay. Fair enough. John Jones being the first one. And the second one. (laughs) John yes. Jones one and two. John is one. Jones is two. <laughs> so, yeah. Bones is tied for third. Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, no. Then that, that's the end of that. And then yeah. Masasi Machida, super, super strategical fight, I guess. I would say boring almost. Um, Didn't have a whole lot that of action. In Masasi, Masasi gets a split decision. Honestly, could have went either way. His post fight fucking interview was more entertaining than the you know when, they, when he was going back and he's talking to all the people uh in the media and he's you know there's there's all the steroid stuff about Machida being on steroids and whatnot and um 
yeah, if you do yourself a favor, look it up on YouTube. It was really funny. He's yeah, really I funny saw that. Um, he was joking about his nipples. It was it was really it was a whole bit. It was really funny. So was he, was he laughing about his hog too? I, he that did not actually get brought up. That mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. So yeah, again, not a really not a really exciting fight. It's a good win for Masasi, considering coming off all that talk of he wasn't sure if he wanted to fight anymore and yada yada yada. I've never seen the dragon look so good. So I don't know if he was on the drogas or not, but I've never seen him look that shredded. Um, but he didn't really perform the way you know he's he's a counter fighter, and if you don't have a dance partner is going to come straight forward at you it's not going to be good and so it was really just kind of stick move wait 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 something happens wait 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 so again not the best paced fight of all time but it is what it is it is what it is tis what it is should all we right. should we make our way into ufc copenhagen Before, or should we hit the glory button first? yeah let's just hit the because this one's this one's quick yeah alex Pereira, uh best best middleweight striker in the world out of any sport yeah like, across the board of yeah, combat sports everybody and if you want to argue this fight him <laughs> no, i was gonna say us no no fight him if you think that's bullshit alex perea watch him first of all if you're big there's a lot of izzy lovers who listen to our show which i've got no problem with i like him too we all love izzy but team reaper right watch oh my god dude we had to do the fucking predictions for that too. i know but that'll be that'll be easy um <laughs> alex Pereira knocked Israel out fucking cold in a kickboxing match where there's footage of he is such a dominant fucking middleweight mm-hmm. over now he's a double champ over there in glory double by champ. the way first first double champ ever all time double champ over in glory uh you want to talk about just I mean he is just so good he's super tall for the vision he's super lanky his kicks are like fucking sledgehammers his fists are ridiculous he's a he's a tall skinny tank go go, go to if anyone has not seen it, which I'm assuming since you guys listen to this, you guys probably have seen it. Go to the Twitter of Glory Kickboxing and go to their media, like the where it says, you know, you got the tweets, you got the tweets and replies, and you got media. Go to media. There's going to be a video. It's about an eight second video. I got it on ours. Exactly. Just go, just go to Combat Sports 101. Yeah, exactly. At Combat Sports 101, ladies and gentlemen, go it's follow. It's on our. Um, it's on our from today. The replay yep. from last night. And is oh my, f- dude, like. Go to sleep. It, it's a it's a murder. Um, left, straight funny. left, left left hook. Because I, I was I was watching I was watching uh the boxing pre. I was trying to I didn't have three screens, so I was not able to get up the glory fight. So I had uh the you know the Porter uh, Spencer Jr. on, and I had uh, Dazone on, and I was scrolling through my photo, and I see Caposa tweet. Oh, that's a murder! And I was like, I immediately knew. I was like, Well, Alex, yeah, Burr, fuck somebody up. <laughs> and so I uh, I ended up taking off the Spencer Jr. and uh the Porter. Uh, boxing pay per view. That would have been on the undercard, wouldn't it? Have, though, yeah, it wasn't yeah. The same time. And uh, I went, I went and logged into the uh, like the app and went to Glory and I rewatched it. And dear fucking god, dude, that left he he knocked Israel out with a left hook as well. He's left. He's the he's the left hook, Larry. He's their yeah. version over so, uh, Glory. Yeah, he ended up. It was in. It was in the last. Oh, was it? No, it was oh, the second third, round. Third, uh, it was third sure? round. Okay. It was third round. Yeah, okay. third round out of five. Okay, correct? I thought it was the second. Yeah, it's yeah. five rounds. Yeah, it's third round out of five. No, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was a title fight. Yeah, so three three rounds out of five. Uh, <laughs> It I was. thought it was the second, but my bad. My yeah, bad, yeah. y'all. And uh Abina went in and, and he was he was throwing a decent combo. He's a when good he fighter. Yeah, yeah dude. Great. He's a good fighter. And just that left hook. That in Pereira is just on another level from everybody else. And then, yeah. you know, there was some talk about him transitioning into MMA, but now that looks like that's not gonna happen, which we were talking about before we came on the air. It's the right move. Stay in your lane. You're doing phenomenal. You're doing better than anyone ever has at your division yep. in your sport. Just stay there. Yeah. Do that. Keep making your millions of dollars, oftentimes working for less than five minutes a night. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. fuck, man. If you're Double super champ. If you're super good at something like that, 
except for wrestling i'll say senior level wrestling you don't make shit so right, you gotta you gotta make gotta, some money you somehow. Transition right, somehow right i agree um but kickboxing boxing if you're good especially at that, in the, yeah especially in the highest the biggest organization in the world keep doing it yeah all right well we've worked our way up through the glory portion of the show so you'll see alex Pereira in court for a murder in about <laughs> two to three weeks um trial will be held um so yeah thankfully that guy is actually still alive and hopefully he will fight again it's scary to see somebody get murked like that but yeah good luck to him yeah. moving forward so copenhagen ufc copenhagen i want to visit denmark too do you i want to visit i just want to visit that region of the okay. world okay uh, scandinavia yeah pretty much i've been um, to i've been to europe and i've been through a few countries but i've never been to any of the scandinavian countries nor uh have i even thought about going to denmark to be honest with you um but yeah hey more power to you bro you know you know why i i say that is because well obviously we'll get to the main event in a second but because jared cannon here said the air over there is so much um cleaner cleaner I believe it. They've got different standards as far as he, he said, emissions. He said it was, yeah. it's like one of the most most breathtaking places you've ever really? been. Really? And uh, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, so let's start from the beginning. Because Cage Warriors vet, Jack the Tank Shore, UFC, UFC bantamweight now, was Cage Warriors bantamweight champion, gets signed to the UFC, comes in, fights Nolan Hernandez. And I mean, I'm a huge Cage Warriors fan. Everybody yes, knows Cage is. Warriors. I love KSW. Um, I, I love all those organizations, ACA, um, you name it, Combates. <laughs> I said that really weird. You didn't remember Campbell, sa- Campbell says you have to say it with passion when you say it. Combates. Combate. Combates. Com- there's no <laughs> Combate America. I say S because I'm American. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like my dude, it's like Meyer and Myers. I always say Myers with an S. It's Meyer. There is no, I know it's Meyer. I'm so t- let me fucking I say Combates. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's the argument on the table, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Anyways, so yeah, Jack Shore looked phenomenal. Ends up getting the rear naked choke in the third round. Uh, he does have a little bit of time before he gets a, I guess, top twenty, top twenty-five opponent. But here's here's my thing, and I, I hate saying this because it's gonna pit two people that are on the up and coming against each other. But there's a fight that should have happened in Cage Warriors that never did. Because they, it was just different times. And that's Nathaniel Wood versus Jack Shore. Right. I think that's a phenomenal fight to have. Wales versus, you know, Britain. Like, it's just, it's a fight to make for over there. I think it's a beautiful fight. The ladies and gentlemen will love it. That is all, folks. Okay. <laughs> you got real sexy right yeah. there. So anyways, that's um, all, folks. And then we had, uh, so that was the first, that was a pre uh, opening prelim. And then you had Mark Jacasey versus Lando Venata, which I think... If I'm not mistaken, I stated if Mark Jacasey stuck with the same camp that he was in on his last fight, he would end up winning. I believe I said that. I never found out if he was, but Mark Jacasey looked really fucking good during this fight. Jeez, Pete, you said, yeah, for sure. Um, Lando Veneta. I love Lando. Well, yeah. I love the way he fights. I'm not a huge fan of his personality, but yeah, love the way he fights. Weird. And again, when we, were, we did a prediction show, I thought it was going to be a war, and I thought Jacasey was going to win. I'm sorry, no. I thought Lando was going to win by split decision. Yep. It did not actually happen that way. And good for Jacasey, you know what I mean? This was, this was what I thought was going to be the violence fight of the night, and it was a good fight, you know, Jeff? But it, I, I wouldn't call it the violence fight that I was kind of expecting. What did you think? I, I wasn't. I thought it was going to be that as well, but it, it did not turn out to be that way. I was upset, and I'm trying to think of the South Park thing. It's uh, it was a bad day for me, and that for the world. And that for the world. It was, no, it was a bad day for Canada, and that for the, the world. world. <laughs> Love it. Exactly. So no, it was a good. It was a good fight though. And then 
Um, uh, dude, we'll scroll through. Um, Lena Landsberg ended up winning. Um, Macy, it was funny. Somebody tweeted that Macy, uh, Chiesin, like whenever she beats somebody, she's like, oh, this could be your future champion. And then when somebody beats her, she's like, this, pe- this person was a piece of shit. Yeah. What a bum. What a total bum. Like she's not, obviously not a bum. She's a good fighter. The Landsberg, who I believe is from Sweden. Yep. Um, had, had a good performance and Macy again. And I was talking to a guy on Twitter the other day. It's a, it's amazing that she was even able to, to continue with her fight camp leading up to this. You know, she was in a horrific accident. Uh, her building, something happened to her building. I think it was a crane fell on it or something terrible. Long story short she had to evacuate because the building was imploding around her uh she cut her feet up all on the glass like it was a whole thing dude she lost all her possessions then she moved to try to train for this fight so you know it's an incredible it's an incredible thing to have to deal with like think about that for yourself you're already focused like trying to have all your focus on this upcoming fight a few weeks later and then this terrible thing happens where you're essentially uh you lose your all your stuff you, you lose your home all this crap happened to her and she was still able to you know, perform, which I give her all the credit in the world. She is a good fighter. She's only had seven fights, dude. She's six and one, I believe, right? Is that what it says? See it. Five and one. Five and one. So, you know, she's got a long, long career ahead of her. I really like her, in fact. So yep. good good win for Landsberg. No big deal on that loss. He'll come forward off better. Yep. Uh and then after that fight, you had Brandon Davis uh versus Giga Chitkads, I believe. Um Brandon Davis loses split decision, falls ten and eight. Poor Brandon, poor Brandon Davis. I like Brandon Davis. Um, and then you have the guy that we're super high on, Ismael Nardiev. The Austrian Wonderboy. And he fought Sierra Bahadurzada. Bless you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> anyways, and that was a really good fight. Uh, Ismael just basically took it over. Won by unanimous decision. Glad to see him back in the one column. Me after. too, Cotton. It's a bold move, Cotton. It's a bold <laughs> fucking move, boy. Anyways, um, that was a good fight. And yeah. like I said, back good to see him back in the win column. He looked he looked fresh. He looked he looked like he looked dynamic. He didn't look like he was just going for that one shot, one kill. Um and then you had Mahmoud Muradov versus Alessio de Chilico, which not gonna lie, I'm pretty sure I was taking a poop during this fight, so I did not watch it. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. So I'm gonna skip that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna skip that. And then John Phillips, another Welsh. The guy the, John Phillips was the one that um was he a part of the, uh, no, 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 that, no, that, Marshman. that's Marshman. Yep, yeah. That's correct. John Phillips fought. Jack you like Marshman. how I knew what you were going to say. You did. I didn't have to finish that statement. Um, yeah. that was some weird ESP that just went yeah. between the co-host of combat sports one-on-one just yep. then. And he fought, you witnessed uh, it. or I, I say fought, he had a 10 second stare down basically with Alan Amadovsky. And I mean, dude, Phillips was cracking him. Like, Knocked him down once, got back up, knocked him down again, TKO'd him within like, I think it was 10 to 15 seconds, if I'm not mistaken. Really good win for John Phillips. It's always super nice to see like when the hometown crowd gets their people to win because it's just like there's such an atmosphere that you can feel through the TV that like, I don't know if you guys do that, but like I can feel like I can feel it for them. I'm like, damn, dude, these people are fucking happy. Sure. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, <laughs> and then we get to the man card, which, one of my, honestly, one of my favorite uh, Denmark-British fighters, however you want to say it. Just European. European fighters is Nicholas Dalby. Yeah, you do love your boy. You do love Nicholas Dalby. And his backstory is phenomenal. Very um, cool. Like, he gets cut from the UFC. He he went on a, he's super open about it, too. Uh, he got into a depressive state. He became an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, and, like, his life was almost ended. Um, ended up turning his life back around. Reminiscent of the Tyson Fury story without the 
250 pound weight gain. Yeah, exactly. Um, ended up dominating Cage Warriors. Ended up getting no contest with the Cage Warriors champion. That's right now of Ross Houston. Which if that would have went all five, Nicholas Dalby probably would have won that fight. Um, and he fights uh, la, 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 Alex Oliveira. I had. I, I, I think I had Dolby winning second round TKO, if I'm not mistaken. I had Oliveira. We were opposite on that yep. one. I know I had Oliveira winning. But uh, And if th- there wasn't for that fucking stand-up by the referee that was a bullshit stand-up, I think we might be having a whole other conversation. I think Dolby was going to win. Dolby was, was winning, yeah. right? Alex gets on top. He is. He, he's, Dolby has his back on the flat on the flat on the cage. You know, flat on the mat next no. to the cage. Ah, yes, Oliveira is starting to fucking rain. Now, granted, it wasn't an amazing thing, but he got landed a punch. He, he improved position a little bit. Was throwing another punch, and the referee stood them up. This is this this happened. This was real. This was a fact. I watched it. Yeah, and that's not what happened. I got the video right here, bro. You talking about the up kick? No, 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 no. That's what I'm talking about. No, no, no. You go ahead with that, and we'll discuss. What I'm, talking I'm talking about, about the uh, the illegal up. No, kick. that's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm that's what about, I'm talking about. Okay, get after it. So hey, look, neutral grounds right there. Yeah, that's true. Neutral that's grounds. True. So we can ignore both of that. Yes. So, um, I thought Nicholas Dalby looked fantastic, personally. Sure. I, I think I agree. I think he looked crisp. I think he looked energetic. Ends up getting the unanimous decision. Calls out Mike Perry. I like that matchup a lot. Um, everybody calls out Mike Perry. <laughs> I was gonna though. say, who doesn't call out Mike Perry? And, and Mike Perry even said he goes, "Man, all these motherfuckers want to fight." Because and and Mike Perry doesn't take it like he he he's thankful all of it because sure. he, he knows that, like Dolby even said he's like, "Hey, he's like, I know you're a dog. I want to fight dogs." I res- it's it's a respect call out more than a I I can beat you call out. Yeah, it's like, hey, I know you. I know you'll fucking throw down. Like I don't. I think you suck, and I want an easy win, so I'm gonna call out Mike Perry. That's not that. Yeah, he said he said all due respect. He's like, I know that you come to fight. I want to fight someone like that. Right. And. and I, I'd like to see that fight too. Gangster I, style. Yeah, for I, sure. I think it's a good fight. So yeah, Nicholas Dobby ends up winning. And then the next fight, which was <laughs> we we decided that CS101 that we're just gonna name this choke the same the St. Prue choke. Oh yeah, this is the OSP. This is the St. Prue choke. No longer the Jason Von Flew choke at all. OSP has done it more. He's done it more successfully. He's done it against better guys. And he's done it on a grander stage. Yep. OSP and, all day. Well, what? Th- there's been uh six Von Flew chokes in the entire UFC, four of them coming from him. OSP. It's <laughs> so amazing, dude. Yeah, how can you not change? So yeah, yeah. um he looked he looked good though. Like I said, OSP is one of those people where he doesn't get enough credit where credit is due. Sure. He is he is the gatekeeper of the light heavyweight division. If you beat him, you're ready for the top, top five, top four. Hundred percent, hundred. Like, and it's it's tough. He's a tough task. Now, on to the next one, which was another light heavyweight bout was Ian Cutalaba, who just, who had a recent loss to uh, Glover Texture, yeah. which we hated Ian Cutalaba because of that because he was a year year old. Bleh. Yeah, he was an asshole. Though. Yeah, <laughs> against asshole against though. Khalil Roundtree, who we we love here. Yes. We absolutely, I love his personality. He he's he. he he has an it factor to where, like, if, like you said, if he just had a little bit more oomph behind him, he would be a force. He'd be a star. Yeah. Um, and he looked good up until he got caught. Up until he didn't. Yep. <laughs> I was talking. I was telling. Did, you, did a- you did you see that tweet where it was about uh, the Korean zombie Brian Ortega? It's like Korean zombie is gonna win this unless Brian Ortega wins it. <laughs> And yeah. dude, I don't know why, but I was in fucking tears laughing. Yeah, at that's that. really funny. Like, like it's like no fucking shit. <laughs> there was a great, there was a great treat. You and I talked about it off the air. Was if someone took Khalil Roundtree to Dagestan and dropped him off for a long weekend, we might see the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. And 
they're not wrong, right? So they're, like they're not wrong. Khalil is so explosive. He has such good Muay Thai. Um, I really think it comes down to the ground. Uh, he could really, really improve. I, I, again, it's just you know the thing about MMA, and that's what makes it so great. Is that no matter what you could have the great you have the best game plan you could have you know you could have all these things in your favor it just takes one shot to totally change everything to totally reverse direction he got caught it's all happening yep. Ian Kudalaba is a big strong kid yeah. just like Khalil Roundtree is a big strong kid yep. you put put two big strong kids in something could happen either that's way that's the best part about the light heavyweight and heavyweight division something can happen like this no matter what oh I'll do it again I think what I was the hell you're you're just. There it is. There the go. first dude, I couldn't hear the first one. Yeah. And the second, I was like, hey. Let's try one more time. <laughs> there we go. Had to, get, had to give it. You got to lube it up. Had to give it some lube. So, uh, yeah, no. Um, uh, I, I mean, <clears throat> the fight, it is what it is. Uh, like I said, they're both, they both have some work to do. But again, like you said, Khalil Roundtree, phenomenal with his Muay Thai stance now. We're still with you, Khalil. Go, go, go to, um, Go, go to Dagestan for two, two weeks. Two weeks. That's all you need. <laughs> so Wait, put, seriously, we love you, dude. We, yeah. we think you're going to be a really, really great fighter. This is just a small bump in the road. Get I also, after it. I also just love him because he listens to hardcore music. Yeah. I couldn't imagine seeing him in a fucking pit. Dude, I'd be <laughs> oh, terrified. Yeah. Him and, you remember Emmanuel Newton from Bellator? Yeah. He was the same yeah. way, dude. He loved hardcore music yeah. and being in a pit. And he would do that hardcore dance after he would win. I loved that, yeah. too. Very cool. Um, so, yeah. No, on to the next one, which was a uh, short, late replacement fighter again which was Gilbert Burns versus Gunnar Nelson I don't remember who I had winning this fight I want to say I had Gunnar we both had Gunny by decision, decision I, I believe think. but yeah. Gilbert Burns yep who knew motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> threw a wrench into those fucking have plans you, you, did you yeah have you ever noticed and there was a stat on this too actually He's won every uh, short notice fight that he's been a part of. Some people are better like that. Cowboy's better with that. He it's less time to stress that and fight, it's less time to worry about that. It. That week notice that he had against Benson Henderson, where he fought two weeks prior, and then two weeks later he fought Benson. Dude, the only thing that we were talking about, at least I remember, I said as far as last, the thing about. Uh, the reason I was picking Gunny was not because I thought he was a bad fighter, but because I thought Gunny was was naturally a one seventy. And what's the what's the what's the nickname on uh, Gilbert? Uh, oh, Gilbert, uh, El Dorino. El Dorino. I knew, I thought El Dorino, he was moving up yeah. from 55 to he 70. Was. So that's where I thought the, you know, the, the division was going to be because we saw what Leon did to Gunny on the case. We, you know, Gunny wasn't the world beater that we all kind of thought he was going to be for a long time. Yeah. So on the ground. So, but, but yeah, when Gilbert fucking, he, he won the fight, dude, that's the only reason I thought he was going to lose was he was moving up a fucking big 15 pound weight division up, but it was his fucking night, dude. Yeah, it was. Which I'm not. I'm not upset about. I like Gilbert Burns, but I just I. Gunny's one of those people where like he's such a nice person, you just don't like seeing him lose. Yeah, and you know, and I saw it on Twitter too, and I've thought about this myself. He gets some like runoff hate being an SPG guy and being a fucking Connor training partner. He's not an SPG anymore. But I'm saying, but, but that's he, why well, a lot of people was, dislike yep. him yeah. is be from that. Yeah, and he's really not like that at all. He's like one of the nicest, like people. almost helping people that there is in MMA. So don't hate on Gunny. Well, that's what that's what Connor said when uh, when he did train with him. He's like he's like we're polar opposites. He's like he brings me down. <laughs> yeah, he calms him down. That's true. I remember that. Yeah. So, but Gunny's a good dude. Gilbert's a good dude. Way to step up. Take a big yeah. take a good name fighter out. You know, big yeah. win. Big, 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 big win. Big win. A lot of 55ers move. A lot of people just moving up in weight class has just been their thing. Yeah. You know, you saw the motherfucker. Great. True. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the next one, which I think this is funny that a lot of people stated this. And the only, I'm going to say the reason why he is the co-main event. This right? is all you, bro. I can't hold it anymore. 
Okay. This is the reason why this was a co-main event is everyone's like, why was Marco Madsen the co-main event? Why was he fighting Danilo uh, Benoado? It, it's because one of two things. And I personally thought Nicholas Dalby should have been the co-main event because obviously being from Denmark, but Marco Madsen had a little, a little bit better credentials. Um, that That's the only reason why I could say why, why he was the co-main event. I'm honestly kind of lustered as still why he was the co-main event, but Obviously, being a you know silver Olympic gold medalist and Greco Roman, three time Olympian, you know one, uh, one worlds four times, absolute fucking stud. He is a little bit older in age for the fifty five pound division, being thirty four, thirty five, I believe. Undefeated though, at just mauled Danilo though. I think that's how you. I terribly sorry if I keep pronouncing the names wrong, but yeah, absolutely mauled him. Um, it was ground and pound first round. Marco Madsen, I I think. An interesting matchup. He they're gonna obviously uh, move him up in the ranks slowly. He's not a huge draw. He doesn't really know how to talk behind the mic. He is articulate, but he just he's quiet. Um, I think once he moves up in the ranks, a really really good matchup for Marco Madsen would be Gregor Galepsi. Oh, interesting. But he has a little bit of ways to go, obviously. So if we can pull him off of the river from fishing for steelhead or whatever he's <laughs> whatever he's fishing for these days. True. He's he's fishing for a fight. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, that, that was the co-main. And then the main event, which threw us all yeah. for a loop. Which yeah, is definitely. The Joker versus the, the Killer Gorilla. Joker! And I like the Jack. pride of the Alaskan Fighting Championship, Jared yep. Cannon here. The greatest fighting championship on the fucking world. <laughs> best promotion um, ever. Best promotion ever. And, again, Nifty Fat, Jared Cannon is the first person to have TKO wins at heavyweight, late heavyweight. In middleweight, he he's Badass. he's the Benjamin but- Button of Anthony Johnson. That's what <laughs> I he saw is. That. It's so funny. It's so true though. But dude, he's a son of a bitch. Yeah, mauler. And uh, so we had Jackerman. I had Jackerman. I, I did too. Winning, and I believe I had him stopping Jared Cannon there. And and the first round was really good. Um, Jackerman ended up getting his back, but Jared Cannon there being calm, cool, collected. Uh, you know, just stayed composed. Which my bad. I fucked that up earlier. I'm going to retract this because I know someone's going to say this on Twitter because we, oh, I forgot to bring that up. We fucked up last week terribly. Oh, yes, we did. Um, With a spinning back fist fight. Yeah, spinning back fist fight. I'm I'm terribly, terribly, terribly sorry. I retire from this now because I fucked that up. (laughs) Not now, Um, dude. We're just getting to do the good stuff. No, but um, yeah, we... We fucked up. We made a mistake. We're humans. We fucked up. It was... You know, it is what it is. We're talking about one fight and many shows. Yeah, it's not going to be a... It's rare air. It's rare. So... You're welcome. And we babies. apologize, babies. Yeah, but um, so anyways. I was going to do the babies thing too. That's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, Benson Henderson was not in the corner of Henry Corrales last night. He was in the corner of um, Jared Kennedy. I fucked that up. He was not in, he was not in uh, Inglewood. He was in Denmark. So before you guys, if you guys are listening to this and you tweet that at us and then you get to this point in there you're going to make yourself look like dicks. So there. <laughs> just be cool. Man. So yeah, anyways, cool. um, yeah, Jack Hermanson, I'm getting this back. Uh, Cannon there, he was calm composed. He throws, his leg kicks are some of the heaviest Gnarly, leg kicks. In the, and uh, second round ends up coming and Jack Hermanson goes for a takedown because I think that was Hermanson's best bet was to get him to the ground. Yeah. Uses grappling. And Cannon there throws an uppercut at the Perfect, perfect time, fucking time, and it not it rocks it rocks her Manson. He goes down, and typically for certain ground and pound, if you're down on the ground with them, you don't see the power behind it. But fuck, 
you can see that like and not only that but he's throwing accurate with those like he's not just throwing the throw he's picking his shots on his ground and pound and it worked he ended up getting the you know the tko win in the second and i'm really i'm, I'm glad for him you know he he's had a he's had a an interesting journey um his last fight with anderson silva the brazil fans did not did not let him talk they they hated them good for denmark they were respectful you know they were appreciative of him um Cannonier is a world-class act. I mean, what, what he said about, you know, Jack Hermanson afterwards was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm excited to see what he has next. Tell you the truth. I, I know Paulo Costa said that he is going to wait for a title shot. I'd like to see that. I'd yeah. also like to see Yoel versus Jared Cannonier. Yeah, my again, there's there's ton, there's so many good matchups, dude. At at 85, that yeah, he's got a he's got a bevy of guys. I would love to see the match up with. I do I do think that the coast fight would be the most intriguing because it would be a stand up war. You know what I mean? I think Yoel would be able to, you know, take him down fairly easily. Yeah, uh, that would be my only concern. Now, if you wanted to do coast to two, you know what I mean, and just stand up with Cannonier, I'd be fucking for it, right? So, oh, yeah. yeah, I really, you got to respect Jared Cannonier, what he's been able to do, particularly in this last, what, two years yeah, oh, with yeah. this transformation of drop, drop, drop. So, yeah, all all kudos go to you, sir. All shout outs go to you. Fantastic, fantastic performance. Um, yeah, you're going to have a hard time finding opponents, dude, because people are going to get scurred mm-hmm. of those fucking leg kicks and of your of your power. So yeah, dude, I can't I can't wait till he fights tomorrow. He's been at 170. <laughs> How much longer till he gets down to 35 and him and Frankie can have. A badass fight. <laughs> Market right now, it's gonna happen. Yeah, 2024. Yep. So yeah, no, and again, um, <laughs> that's really funny. I I want to give. I'm gonna give this card. It's on the verge. I don't want to give it a B plus. I I do want to give it a B plus because I really really liked it. But honestly, it's gonna be a, a solid solid B. I too will go the B route on this card because all all the matchups were were almost spot on. Um, there were na- there were names on the card, but they weren't well known names. Um, and just like from top to bottom, the matchups were perfect. They in, in I don't know. They did a fantastic job with this one. They really did. It's hard to it's hard to make every card have sexy names on it, especially with having fifty three cards in the fifty two <laughs> right. calendar year. It's very difficult to do, and they really did a good job on this one. And so, yeah, and you know, definitely, again, I don't want to dwell on last week, but that's how that's how a crowd should be. Yep, was the was the Copenhagen crowd great? Great crowd. Uh, they were there to support their guys, but they were respectful of the other guys. You know, the opponents. It was a really, really cool. You know, it was a really, really cool production. Yeah, uh, stoked on it. So yeah, kudos to everybody involved. And now we should get to the Errol Spence versus Sean Porto for the. You can say it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so these two going last night for one of the many uh, 100 and was it 54? Was it? or 50, was it, Yeah, it was 154. Walter White, right? It was, one, it was 147. Was it Walter White? It was it Walter White or was it, one, was it Junior Middle? I think it was 147. Jeff's going to go to the table. I think I'm calling Walter White. I'm saying 147. Anyway, so they get into it last night and there's been a lot of fucking hub about these fucking guys. Sean Porter is a longtime veteran, has been in the top tier of the division for a long, long time. He's trained by his father. Uh, he's a shorter, squattier type of guy. Walter White. So 147. He's a shorter, squattier type of guy. Then you have Errol Spence Jr., who, again, uh, Dallas native, has come out through the fucking amateurs and had just been on fire, undefeated, you know, coming through, just railing through everybody. 
Then you get to last night. We both thought that I thought Sean Porter was going to have his fucking moments, but I thought Errol Spence was going to have a clean decision over the 12 rounds. I did not see a stoppage. I don't think uh-uh. uh, Sean Porter fucking was the one who impressed me more last night. He, he, he was punching harder. He was staying in the pocket more. He was pressing the action. Errol Spence jr. Again, fantastic fucking jab great body work moved around the ring with like a it almost reminded me of like a tommy hitman her just this beautiful gliding around uh and and with sean porter stalking and trying to engage Uh they had some great back and forth that the key again it was very close all the way through the key fucking decision or the key moment of the fight was in the 11th round fucking spence through a beautiful little short it was almost like a check too it was like a check left hook and it it just hit spence i'm sorry it just hit porter so clean so perfect wobbled him put him on the ground not necessarily like he didn't go to the ground but his you know his hands had to go onto the mat which is a technically a knockdown um but to his credit he was groggy he came back they had another good close round in the 12th you know there was a split decision for errol spence jr I also, because I actually was able to watch this whole fight later in the evening, uh, I had Errol Spence winning it. I had it a little bit wider, though, dude. I had him winning. I think I had it nine to three or eight to four, somewhere's in there. But you know, what's your what was your perspective on it? I had it super close too. I had. It's really funny. I think we. I think on the last podcast we had it like where we thought Porter would win a handful of rounds. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because a lot of people had that too. Like I know Brandon Schaub, even though a lot of people hate Brandon Schaub, a lot of people dislike him. I still like listening to him, even though he is a casual, whatever. Um, he, he said he probably thought Porter would win four rounds and then the rest would just go to Spence. Um, I, I think in my perspective, I, I, and it's kind of like the Tyson Fury, uh, Wallen fight is I had Tyson Fury clearly winning that fight. But that one shot that Wallen, Wallen hit on him, where the cut, the cut it, it made the fight look way worse than what it was, um, which is how we're discussing with, you know, Porter shots. You know, they were heavier, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Technically, I think Spence was just more dominant. Um, just It just depends on the judges. That was the thing. Um, I did have Spence win in the fight, especially after that knockdown in the 11th. I knew it was Spence's fight. Um, and this is my thing, though, is... is like you were saying, Keith Thurman's calling for a shot at Errol Spence now, which yeah. I'm sorry, Keith Thurman, back up. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm more confident now, and I love Errol Spence too. I love watching him. He's he's a phenomenal, he's a phenomenal. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, practitioner. He 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 just he knows how to develop. He knows how to engage in a fight. He knows how to read the fight perfectly and make decisions and adjust. I just don't see where he beats Terrence Crawford. No, I also agree with you, my co-host with the mo-host, Jeff The Essence. I don't think that, and we've talked about this several times leading up to today's show, I think that Bud Crawford right now is just unbeatable yep. at 147. He is. Yeah, and and I had a little, I don't want to say discuss. I had a back and forth with somebody at work about this, and I put a hefty bet on this in my own doing, is, is Errol Spence is going to be bigger than Crawford, obviously, and that's going to be a given. But like he's like, oh dude, you know Spence is just more. Like, he's bigger. He's hungry. after watching what Porter was able to do. Like you said, Terrence Crawford is leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds better. And so I, I'm more confident. Like I said, I, now I know Errol Spence will definitely go into that. It, it, and this is the thing, every every 
WBA, WBO, IBA, WBC. But, uh, w- w- make this right. Yeah, dude. He, make it. Make you can't it right. have another fucking Mayweather Pacquiao debacle where the shit doesn't happen until 10 years after it was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Let's fucking get it together. Make it right. Everyone's nipping at your heels. The, the you know, MMA is nipping at your heels. Kickboxing, Muay Thai. Everything is nipping at your heels. You have to put the best of the best of the best guys when you get that fucking opportunity to do so. Yep. So, yes, make it fucking happen, Captain. And That's all I, I'm going to say I, more I think, on that. I think Spence after this Porter, you know, bout, I think he definitely will have a different perspective on yeah. it. Yeah. And he'll come in more hungry, but. He'll improve. You Ter- know, Terrence, he'll improve, but Terrence, Terrence Crawford is Terrence Crawford. He's. Bud. He's just, he's just the dude. Yeah. I, and, honest to God, he, like, it'll I don't be, see anybody beating him. I think it'll be competitive, but like I said, I think how everyone thought the Errol Spence, Sean Porter fight would happen is Sean Porter would take a few rounds and then he would, he would, um, calculate it he'll he'll read all those rounds and he'll just he'll just come out and just have a different game plan and just destroy him that didn't happen i think terrence crawford is the person that does that he 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 reads his opponents he he telegraphs what they're doing within basically what mayweather did but he's able to pressure him and get the finish um and i I just don't see anyone beating beating crawford i don't i want that fight to happen i want my money Uh, (laughs) um and they need to make it happen just like how they need to make the fucking after andy ruiz anthony joshua I think Andy Ruiz wins that rematch. Um, and then they have the Fury and Wilder fights scheduled for February. Don't schedule anything more after that. Like, just, just fucking make the fights. Lomachenko, obviously, feed him whoever the fuck they want. Eventually, they will make Gervonta Davis Lomachenko. Right. But that 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 still needs some build up. Just start making the fights that people want to see. And you guys are the only people who don't do it. And I think I think they're going to. I really do. I think this is these are things that are. Uh, happening now faster than yeah. they used to, and they they well, feel the pressure cause, more because they lost. They they I think they realized, especially with the Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz, like oh shit, like we need to stop feeding them these. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Makeup fights. Or yeah. Whatever. They, they, again, I think I think they are finally starting to get their heads on straight. Some of the guys who have been in charge for 50 years are now either dying off or retiring. I don't mean to be crass about it, but that's really what's happening. So now there's some younger guys who understand the need to match the best guys versus the best guys, and and it, it's no longer that a, a fight losing a fight no longer kills your career. Yep. That's been one of the best things about MMA. That's what actually got me in MMA. In addition to boxing, when I was a little kid, was oh, it's okay if you lose a couple times because you're still considered a fucking top tier fighter it's okay to lose a time or two now in boxing where before it was one loss oh god you know now you're a journeyman it was ridiculous yeah but i will say last night's about was probably the bout of the year yeah 100 yeah that was so close it was so fun out of the year um and i was again i watched it twice yeah i watched it twice back to back that's how good it was um but yeah looking forward to see what both guys do crawford is the one you know and so Errol Spence has to dethrone him that's that's the only fight to make next yeah um, so now wrapping up from our last night's boxing we're just gonna real quick go over our picks for uh this upcoming 243 UFC 243 is it in Melbourne is that or is it Marvel, Sydney yep, Marvel Stadium in Melbourne Melbourne okay so we've got obviously we've got Israel Adesanya who is the interim 185 pound champion going against the actual champion Rob, Bobby Knuckles was what I like to call him you call him the Reaper hey, Robert Whitaker yeah So, do you want to start at the bottom and have our picks? Yep. So, the first fight is off. Holly Holmes. Holly Holmes is injured. I don't know if they're going to get. I I don't think they will. You don't think they're going to get another replacement for uh, Rocky Pennington? I don't think they will. Okay. So, um, I don't know what they're going to put in the in the hold for them. But the next fight is going to be Luke Jamu, I believe, against Diego Lima. Must be a local guy, Jamu. Yeah, his nickname is the Jedi. Fuck, his nickname is the Jedi. I don't know. I don't know. I like I like Lima. I mean, I know it's not his brother, but I still like him. 
Yeah, I'm going with Diego Lima. Yeah, though. me too. Um, uh, decision. Yeah. And then you have Tai Tuivasa versus Sergey Spivac. Tai Tuivasa by first round KO. I do like that fight. Wait, hasn't Tai Tuivasa lost more than one fight? Yes. UFC, get your fucking shit there. <laughs> yeah, I, I have tight. I think Ty Duvasa comes back for blood, especially after his last loss. Because he lost he's lost uh lost to JDS. Yes. And he lost to um He lost Andre Lasky, didn't Andre he? Lasky. And didn't he lose the Blue Goy Ivanov as well? Uh I didn't know they fought. Didn't they didn't they just It fight? sounds right to me though, to be honest with you. Ladies wait, and gentlemen, we're gonna we pause can check the tape real quick. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure he did fight Blue Goy Ivanov. And for some un Fucking guy. I like Blagoy even off, by the way, because he beat up Ben Rothwell, who I fucking can't stand. Yeah, he. he... Did he fight? No, Tai Tuivasa beat Andre Arlovski. Oh, I thought he lost Andre Arlovski. No, no, he did lose to Blagoy even off. That's okay. correct. Yep. But he so, also yeah. lost. To, he also lost to JDS. Bad. Yep. So he, he has two losses. Two losses. Like, yeah, but anyways, yeah, Tai Tuivasa first round. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and then this is this is probably actually going to be one of the fights that's going to be the underlier of the night, and that's Ali Aquanta versus Dan Hooker. I like I, that fight. I equate to reality. Yeah, I like that fight a lot. <laughs> And honestly, I think Dan Hooker gets it done. I disagree with you completely. I think Ally Quinta has faced better competition. I think that his uh, wrestling is going to be the difference. Because I think if they stood, because you train with Izzy Alizanya all the time, your stand-up is going to be fucking bang on. Mm-hmm. You train at City Kickboxing, your fucking kicks are going to be sick. I think Ally Quinta knows that. I think he's going to use his better wrestling, and he's going to take Hooker down a bunch. So I'm going to have Ally Quinta by decision over Dan Hooker. Yay for our first switch of the night. Yes. And then, all right. Now, after I say one, I want you to say who you think is going to win this fight. Just just the name. So either say Israel or Bobby. All okay. right. So for the main event, three, two, one. Israel. Bobby. Fuck. All right. Cool. We got two of them. So uh, <laughs> you can go. F- I'll go first. So you have Israel versus Robert Whitaker. Um, the biggest combat sports fight in New Zealand, Australian history. Which you, you know you can refer to as Oceana because that's when you combine all of them and Tasmania is Oceana. No shit. Yeah. Oh, biggest Oceana uh, combat sporting event in, his, in that history of Oceana, whatever. Yeah. So um, I think this is the thing is a lot of people discredit. And I know, I know the Rhino does not discredit because we've had this conversation. Right. But a lot of people on social media discredit Bobby Knuckles for no no good reason they're like oh he he's not a good active ufc fighter well it's different like say for instance like certain ones like connor just didn't fight because he didn't want to fight bobby had like life-threatening injuries yeah dude like twice like so collapse the collapse rectum and problem with the intestines yeah so like like he can't help it but this dude went 10 rounds with yoel romero and won both fights. And won. And I don't give a shit who you are. Argue it with me about the second fight. Argue it with me. Argue it. I'm not. Me. No, I'm not you. I'm talking about that. <laughs> and I agree with you. Like, the. Mm. Oh, it's, he's getting hot. Yeah, it pisses me off. Like, I understand. Maybe see a draw. That's what I could say. Maybe I could see it as a draw. But again, to beat the champion, you got to beat the champion. And guess what? Robert Whitaker beat him with a fucking broken hand. All right? That's impressive. He 100%. wasn't even healthy. He had a 100%. Hand. So, anyways, Israel Adesanya, I think, I think he is, I don't want to say the truth, I think he is as legit as they come. That last fight against Kelvin, I think it was an absolute war. Um, and he, he showed gut, he showed his grit, determination, he, he showed his will, right? Um, my thing is, is I, I personally, personally believe that he is underplaying Robert Whitaker in this fight. I think he's underplaying him like a motherfucker. I, I think he's like, well, I think 
and it's one of those things where you're like, you're like when you say I think, you shouldn't be saying that, especially at that top tier level. Say I think Calvin Gaslam is just a better version of him, so I have nothing to worry about. And and like he's trying to talk shit to Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker is the nicest guy on that roster. Like during the press conference, he's like he's like I just said how I thought about what you thought. Like sorry that offended you, I guess. Like he just said he's like I personally thought that you know he could have probably done a little bit more. Like he just he gave him a what's the word I'm looking for. What's the word I'm looking for? Analysis. Okay. Give him an analysis. Yeah. Bobby Knuckles doesn't talk shit. But you can, like, when they did their stare down, you could see the intensity in, 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 like, I think he has a point to prove now. I think. You know, he's been undefeated as a middleweight. His last loss was to Stephen Thompson at welterweight. Uh, the weight cuts were affecting him, whatever. That was, that was the fight that he realized. And also, it's Stephen Thompson. Like, yeah. So, the, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah. Just so, I, I think I think he comes in for a mission. Um. And I'm going off on the limb. I think he finishes Israel. Okay. You want to call a round I, on I, I think I think Israel gets a little bit stagnant on his feet like he did against Kelvin. And I think I'm not saying I'm not saying I think Kelvin's probably one of the hardest hitters in that division. Sledgehammers, bro. I, I think but I think that Robert Whitaker's more precise with his with his kicks and with his hands. And I think he catches him with a kick and he, you know, starts to, you know, kind of wobble, gets him down, gets a ground and pound TKO. So we have Essence's uh, breakdown and pick for the main event for next Saturday. Um, I love Bobby Knuckles. We've talked about this at length several times. I love this guy. I love the way he fights. I love his attitude. I love everything about him. Uh, Israel has tools. Like when, it, when, it, when I have two guys that are so close, I got to break it down to a few like real basic things. Israel has a few tools that Bobby doesn't have. He's got a significant reach advantage. He's got a significant leg reach advantage. He is a guy who is a very elusive guy robert besides stephen thompson which you referred to earlier hasn't fought somebody who is extremely elusive who has that kind of movement laterally back forth he's a very light on his feet striker i don't see israel being able to finish robert i think robert is too tough i just see izzy being able to frustrate robert with his movement and with his stick and move style uh his in and out kind of if you know if you know what i mean so yeah. i got izzy winning by decision but i think it'll be really close but that's why i have to pick is my journalistic integrity that's forced me to say i think israel wins but not by heart this is my head by uh, unanimous decision but i think it's gonna be really close so yeah. that, my friend, is my prediction. Yeah, and I'll say we have we have it all. We have our predictions on like completely opposite ends of the spectrum too. Yeah, and that's but, good. But, yeah, it is good. It's it's makes it interesting. It makes it interesting. But again, I think the UFC wants Israel to win, though. Well, they always have their favorite, right? Exactly. They always got the more flashy, bigger talker. Like, did you see the first promo that they put out, and it was just all Israel? No. And yeah, it was all Israel, and, I'll look and, it up after and, we're done. and everyone's like, "Jesus, who do you guys want to win?" Well, sure, they do. But, they, uh, they want people who are going to move the needle more than yeah, so, you know. Yeah, yeah like I said, I, it's going to be an interesting card, to say at least. So I will finish up by saying some shout outs to our to our Twitter family, to our Twitter familia. Big shout out to Ashley, the MMA nerd. Once again, you killed it. You read a, you read our question on the air on your show. Uh, once again. Fantastic. The homie Aaron, also known as Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast. Fantastic. Um, you know, my boy up from Unsolicited Fight Picks. Shout out to you, brother. We thank you so much for all your uh, brother. support. Brother. <laughs> uh, as always, Shay, my name. I am Shannon, though, for uh, her content that she puts out on Twitter. Fantastic stuff. There are so many of you guys we are big, big fans of. We really appreciate your supporting the show. Once again, the biggest shout out of today, Jeff. 
goes to our man Campbell McLaurin yep. for deciding to do the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, what a fucking interview that was. Man, oh man, love that guy. Uh, come back to America's, check him out. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all we got for today's CS101. Yep, and we'll be back next week after the, we'll do the postmortem. Yeah, we can do the postmortem. It sounds good. That's right. On that note, cheers!